What's up, traders? Anthony Crudelli here, and thank you for tuning into this live stream of the Futures Radio Show podcast. If you're watching on Twitter, please give it a retweet. And if you're on YouTube, hit that like button. Today, I'm going to be sharing with you my process for using Bollinger Bands. If you follow me on social media, if you followed me on any of the shows that I've done in the past, you know I love Bollinger Bands, and it's my primary indicator, and it's the main indicator of my strategy. I'm going to talk about how I use moving averages for confirmations. The story behind creating my indicator, and I was looking the other day at the date and the year, and I was thinking to myself, man, it's been nearly 20 years ago I created this indicator. And then I'll take all your questions live. So please join us on YouTube if you're watching on Twitter so you can put your questions in chat. I'm going to be going to the chart. So if you're listening to this later in audio only, you might want to go over to anthonycrudelli.com or to YouTube so you could see the charts and see what I'm saying. I'm going to talk about how I'm currently trading the E-mini S&P. I'm going to talk a little bit probably about NASDAQ. ETH is a little quiet for me. I've got some positions in there. I'll maybe talk a little bit about ETH. I'll go to any markets that you guys want me to pull up as well. And we'll talk about what I'm seeing using the Bollinger Bands. And I'm going to talk about micro, micro treasury yield futures as well. I think a very important product now that's new to CME Group that is really helping me in my day trading. And remember, they are now live at CME Group. So be sure to pull up these symbols so you know what the yields are trading. 2YY, 5YY, 10Y, and 30Y. And to learn more about micro treasury yield futures, you can go to cmegroup.com. The Futures Radio Show podcast is sponsored by CME Group, along with Trading Technologies, TradeStation, and FTSE Russell. The Russell 2000 is a key benchmark for small cap U.S. stocks. Be sure to check out the E-mini Russell 2000 futures symbol RTY and micro E-mini Russell 2000 futures symbol M2K. To learn more about FTSE Russell and their products, please visit FTSE Russell com. All right, everybody, let's let's talk about Bollinger Bands. First, I think it's important before I pull up the charts, why do I use them? I think that choosing your indicators, as we all know, can be a very lengthy process as a new trader. It took me a few years really to settle in on the few that I liked. And over the years, I've added a couple here and there. But for the majority of my career, I've really focused mostly on Bollinger Bands. And like many of you, I went through thousands of indicators and found everything that looks like it works when I'm not trading it. But then you, we all quickly learn that everything works sometimes, but nothing works all the time. And once you learn that, you really start to narrow it down to what suits your eye the best. And to me, that's what's most important when picking an indicator. What suits your eye the best? And for me, it's Bollinger Bands. I like the way that they show me the environment. I really have a look for bullish, bearish, and range bound. And for me as a trader, that's all I really need because the rest just comes down to execution. I think people look too hard and too much for you know triggers and signals. I, I just really need to know, do I want to be bullish? Do I want to be buying today? Do I want to be bearish? Do I want to be selling today? Or are we in a range bound? Maybe it's a two-way trade. I, I think that's really, as traders, as we evolve over time, that that becomes really the only thing we need. I've said many times, I don't think it's the indicator that makes a trader. It's a trader's and how they execute the indicators. And I think the older we get, the longer we do this, the simpler we like uh, our, our styles and our charts to be. So I'm gonna show you everything that I'm looking at today. So let's talk a little bit about the Bollinger Bands and let me pull up uh, the Bollinger Bands here on my chart or on my screen so all of you guys can see me. And um, like I said, I'm gonna be taking your questions and comments uh, along the way. Be sure you're on YouTube to do it. I'm be keeping an eye on YouTube as well. Good morning to all of you. And let's talk a little bit about 
my process. I think it really comes down to, I think choosing an indicator first. I don't, I'm going to get into obviously the specifics of Bollinger Bands, but choosing an indicator first. Why do I choose Bollinger Bands? What have you heard me say a bunch of times? I'm not here to tell you what to think. I'm here to tell you how I think. And if that helps you along the way in your journey, that's great. And I looked at all these different indicators, like I mentioned, thousands of them. I think we all go through this, right? And what's what I found was I needed to really focus in on, because I had been trading for some time, still figuring out what indicators I was going to choose, losing, uh, of course. <laughs> but at the time, I was going, okay, what are my strengths? My strengths are I'm not scared to trade, right? I'll take any trade, and I love to press. Always in full positions because really I loved being in full positions. It's just kind of the way I'm built, right? I'm an over trader by nature. And my weaknesses were that I'm an over trader by nature <laughs> and uh, I love to be in the, in, in the market and to be into trades. But it also a weakness of mine was fading moves and it was a major weakness of mine. Like I would be really good for 18 or 19 out of the 20 days a month. And then the one or two days I'd be fading to move all day. It'd either be death by a thousand cuts. I never really took a ton of big hits at the beginning of my career. I was pretty good at managing risk, but I would just commission myself out. We've all been there. I would just make every mistake in the book and then just give back a huge portion of, portion of my month, if not all of my month, trying to fade a move. And I said, you know what? This is driving me crazy. What do I have to do to figure this out? First is I needed to stretch things out a little bit and go to longer term charts before I came in intraday. I put a tweet out the other day. I actually said that I think that short term traders make the mistake of not looking at the bigger picture charts. And this week you'll see on Develop Your Edge in the video, I really go into detail on explaining why I think that longer term charts are a huge help to short term traders. And a lot of that we'll discuss today as well. So getting back to, you know, my weaknesses and fading moves and needed to really put something in to stop me from fading moves was Bollinger Bands. I started off here on a weekly chart. First of all, you could see in the chat on YouTube, you could download my indicators for free on TradeStation and for TradingView. I put the links in there. They're open sourced. I'm not selling them. You go, you can buy, um, just pick them up for free on those two platforms, adding more platforms down the road. But if you want to follow along, you can see them, uh, get them for free. And what I have here up, I actually have TradingView up today. I use TradingView uh, quite a bit these days, and you can actually link your TradeStation account to it, uh, which is pretty cool. And I want to show you what I'm looking at here. I started off with a weekly chart. And what's interesting to me about when I started to stretch things out at the beginning of my journey of figuring out what indicators were, I would look at the weekly charts and I would say, okay. Just what, what is happening and, and how am I, how does the environment look on the weekly chart? Right now, I just have a red 100-day moving average and I have a 20-period, three-standard deviation Bollinger Band up. I just want to show you something that it really helped me identify why I wanted to start using Bollinger Bands. So I'll take my drawing tool out here and just this simple area right in here, okay? You can see where we've been in for some period of time, right? I mean, when you look at the weekly chart, it's changing a little bit right now as we're pulling back here. I'll talk about what I'm seeing now, but and a little bit later, but hugging above near that top Bollinger band with that mouth opening wide, and we hug that top Bollinger band. And now, obviously, this is a weekly chart, and I'm not trading off the weekly. I'm trading more off of 60 minute, 30 minute, and five minute charts. But I would see this, and I'd say, "Hey, man, look at this thing is just hugging up near that top Bollinger band, and you're sitting in there trying to pick tops all the time because 
not all the time, but let's face it, you know, as a futures trader, a lot of us, a lot of times we want to go against the grain and we want to scalp for a few ticks. And that would be my weakness. And I wouldn't know when to do that. Bollinger Bands helped me. I'll explain why in a little bit. But just this understanding right here of on the bigger picture, this was my weakness, just grinding up or grinding down markets. You know, I started in the late 90s, so it was mostly grinding up markets where I'd be getting caught short on grind up trend days. Bollinger Bands helped me with that. So I wanted to show you what I think my weakness was because it's extremely important. Identify a weakness, be okay with it, and figure out how do you get better at it. Now, let me just clear those tools up. Let me take you to a daily chart here and, and look at a couple of things here in Bollinger Bands. So when I have, uh, let's, let's talk about current markets because I think it's just, it's really easy to, to explain what I'm doing right now and how I'm using Bollinger Bands using the current markets. I pull up the 100 day moving average. I talked about this um, a lot lately in Develop Your Edge on the weekly, uh, my weekly video. And it's the first time we've been below the 100-day moving average. You can see for the time frame I have up on the chart. It's been a while since we've below, been below it. And I use that just as a gauge. So as much as I'm going to focus on Bollinger Bands today, I want to talk about moving averages as well and how they help me guide uh, my trading. I don't use them for trade signals, but they're a good guide. And what I look for is anytime the Bollinger Bands, let me pull up my tool, the market's hugging Bollinger Bands. As you can see right now, the mouth of the Bollinger Band is open. You can see we're trending lower. And we get near these bottom Bollinger Bands. And for this example, we're going lower, right? And that mouth is open. And that bottom Bollinger Band, as you can see right there, is pointing down. So you have a downward market below moving averages. And the, like I said, it's hugging that bottom Bollinger Band. This is a time where what? Very similar to what I showed you on the weekly, where if the market was going up hugging that Bollinger Band, I'd be fading it. Or right now, we're hugging the bottom. So what I look for is when that Bollinger Band is open, like a mouth, and we're hugging near it and below any moving average you can put up. Right now I'm looking at the 100-day. I think it's important. I won't fade that trend. So it tells me an environment. What is the environment I see right now? It's bearish. I've talked a little bit about this on Twitter. So to me, it's red light long, green light look to sell rallies. Okay. Let's just go back and look at what we've seen for a period of time. Actually, I'm going to make this a 10-day moving average to make this a little bit easier because we can go back and see some time. This is The 10-day is the one I use the most because I'm a shorter-term intraday trader, so I like to see where we are on the 10-day. And let's just look at what we've done here, and this is a good example. If you go back and look, let's just say April of this year. Let's take the drawing tool again. Holding above the 10-day moving average, see the mouth of the Bollinger Band going up? Bullish right? If you go back and look, there's very minimal times. This is an area where we're down near the bottom Bollinger Band, but that bottom Bollinger Band got flat right there. So that mouth is not open. So to me, it's a little bit different. I'm going to explain more and more why, but I just want to go over a couple of scenarios. Grinding up, mouth of the Bollinger Band's going up. Grinding up, mouth of the Bollinger Band's going up. And you could just see that for a good period of time. What I started to notice, and you guys all know, if you start looking at, at indicators long enough, you start to pick up different things, right? And I've always said, it really comes down to execution. So it doesn't matter what indicator you're looking at. You've got to get better at executing your indicators. As I said in the, in the intro, everything works sometimes. Nothing works all the time. So it's important to really pick the indicator that suits your eye and just get better at noticing things. That's what I started to notice with Bollinger Bands. So I said, okay, first of all, Anthony, you're not going to fade any of these moves when, when they're above a moving average and the mouth is opening and the Bollinger Bands are expanding with the market. I'm not going to fade that. But maybe I want to fade it if what happens? I started to notice that 
when the peaks of the Bollinger Bands were drawn and we'd start to come back in, like it's you can see right here on the chart. So you see how that Bollinger Band peak starts to come back in? When I start to see that, that would tell me we go from a bullish scenario here going up with the mouth of the Bollinger Band going up to all of a sudden I would consider this boxed in. This would be a time where I would look at range-bound trading. So I'm identifying the environment. I'm not selling anything as that mouth is opening and the Bollinger Bands are expanding. Once that mouth starts to come in on the daily, I start to look at it and say, maybe the run is done. Then I'll start to use moving averages, look to see how are we trading around those daily moving averages. And that's why I pulled up to 10-day. You could see when the Bollinger Bands came in here like this and the bottom started to come up, still hugging above that 10-day, not really bearish for me. Eventually, if we started to break down and the mouth started to open up again, maybe in this particular instance, you had a few days where you could look short and you look at it and the trend continues to go up. So number one, it's, it's identifying when I shouldn't be short, which is when the mouth is opening. Then maybe I could be short. Then I add a layer in of moving averages for confirmation. We're still holding above a 10-day. The measly 10-day moving average couldn't get below it when the Bollinger Bands were coming in. And eventually there's a period of time where it starts to break below that 10 day and hugs near the bottom Bollinger Band. We've only seen that very few times. I put this out on Twitter last night. It's just almost no bearish looks the whole year for me in S&P. Up until this past week, I mean, I've shorted a few times here and there on scalps, but it was only in those few moments. This is the only time I've actually been looking actively at swing trades at the short side because of the environment. I think the environment has changed. Because if you look at where we are right now, we're below the measly 10-day moving average. As I said, we're below the 100-day and a bunch of other ones. And that bottom Bollinger Band's going down and we're hugging it. So I identify as environment. I know I'm seeing some of these people, uh, some people put questions in right now. But I want to identify first is really environment. Because you've heard me and many other traders talk about it. This is the first step in using Bollinger Bands for me. Before I even get to a trade setup, I have to understand what am I seeing in the environment and right now, the market to me in the S&P is bearish because of exactly what I said. I think I'm pretty clear about how I'm looking for that. Moving averages, guiding, are we above, uh, holding above or below them? And are we near the Bollinger Bands? Um, and then we'll, uh, on the downside or to the upside right now, or to the downside. Now, the next thing I started to look at, and most everybody, I didn't talk about this in the intro, but I'm going to talk about FIBS. What I started to look at was, okay. Now that I've, got identif uh, I've identified the environment, how do I get a trade from this? And this is where I started to really think outside the box. I said, look, it, I love these Bollinger Bands. I can identify the environment. I feel real confident about what I'm doing. But how's it turn into me actually getting a trade off? Well, here's how I start to do it. What we look for is, so let me pull up my FIB tool. So I, at the time I was playing with fibs a lot and I liked them, but I would find myself constantly losing money with them and never knowing where to put them. Um, I'd always be like, well, do I sell the 50%? Do I buy it? What am I doing here? So what I started to do was, you see, I just drew a fib over the peaks of the Bollinger Bands. Now, why would I do that? Because I think everybody draws them from important lows or highs. You could you know, anchor it to wherever you want. But I said, look it. I think they think outside the box. I need to start thinking about, because I like these Bollinger Bands and they're identifying environment for me, I want to see what the fibs look like on these Bollinger Bands. So after much trial and error, I actually hired a programmer back in 2000 to look at some of these scenarios. Let me actually move the chart there. Um, 
So what I started to do was draw the fibs from the bottom peaks to the top peaks. And I'd say to myself, so 30% would be my, my top, 30%, 50%, 70%. So what I looked at was, okay, if the market were to start to get below 30%, and some people are going to say, well, why 30%? Like I said, I, pro I did a programmer. I looked at it. I said, if we start to get daily closes, specifically starting on the daily, below the 30% line, there's a really good chance we go to 50%. Now, this is between the peaks of the Bollinger Band. So you can see right here, once we started to get below, right there, okay, that told me we're also below what? The 10-day moving average, as you can see right here, okay? And what was my target? My target would be 50%. Couple things here. So this is the daily. I'm not trading it on the daily. I'm trading it on the shorter term. But in my mind, I needed to have these bigger picture targets to understand where I think the market would go. So you could see here that the market stayed below the 30%, got below the 10-day moving average, went down, tested the 50%, bounced right off of it. What that told me was a couple of things. One is I could be short when we're below the 30%. Once it hits the 50%, that's what I consider my neutral. If it holds this and starts to go back up, which it's done almost every single time going back for the past almost a year, that also confirmed to me that just like your FIB on your 50%, what does it tell you? It tells you that the market's still strong if we're going to continue to go up. So if it holds that 50% area, now all of a sudden I'm cautious in these areas and I wait to see what happens. Start to grind back up, get back up on the 10-day moving average, back to neutral, potentially just bullish mode. Red light short. Can't do it. The, the target was already reached. It's done. So as you can see, I'm layering all this stuff and I'm saying, look, these are tools that I took that are you know, just basic tools, 20 period, three standard deviation Bollinger Bands, took my fibs, modify them a little bit, look at my moving averages, and it gave me environment. So now my triggers are I can be short below the 30% to the 50%. If it holds the 50%, I get back into neutral, potentially could grind higher, wait to see what the shorter term chart, chart start to hold. If it fails to hold 50% neutral, we could start to go down to my next levels of support. And what I'm looking at uh, for support is that 70% line. Now, all of this is gauged off of the peaks of the Bollinger Bands, period. It's not based upon the market. So what I thought about was, okay, if the Bollinger Bands could give me environment, FIBS can give me some context where we are right there. Moving averages could be a good guide to help me execute. So this is the premise of everything that I do, period. It gives me a way to look at trend. It gives me a way to look at the market in a very different way, right? Any questions up to this point? Because I think that this is really a huge part of my whole game. I mean, this, this is the basics of what I do. I see uh, trade according saying, providing yeah this is first of all this is going to be recorded it, it will be recorded so um if you can't make it now i know markets are, are pretty busy at the current moment um we will it will be recorded and it'll be available on video and audio um but i think for this current moment everybody pretty much is with me on understanding and how this works so what i want to do now is i'm going to show you guys my uh indicator so what i'm going to do is i'm going to remove all the tools from there and i'm going to pull up my indicator. So there it is. So I'm gonna take my fib tool again, just so I could show you exactly what it looks like. So if you look at this, there it is. 
So you see, I just drew a fib from the two peaks, and as you can see, they go right over every line that you can see on my indicator. So what does my indicator do? It automatically draws lines from the peaks of the Bollinger Bands. When those peaks of the Bollinger Bands start to come back in, to me, the market's boxed in. I use my 30% line and my 70% line to support or resistance. You know, most of the time we're going up. So lately, 30% resistance. If it stays below there in the 10-day moving average, it looks like it'll trade the 50% line. Below that, it'll get to the blue. And you can see going back and looking for the past several months, no time almost below yellow. What? One, two, three, four days up until when? Last week. So you go back all the way to March. And how many times have we been below yellow on my chart? One, two, three, four times. And it wasn't long. The whole time I'm saying it's bullish. There's just nothing to say about it. There's Everything is bullish until where we are right now. Now we're below the 10-day moving average. We're hugging below the bottom Bollinger Band. As you can see, as I've been saying for the past week or two or even longer, the environment changed. Multiple days below yellow, below the 10-day moving average, now pushing below my blues, failing to hold any of the supports, and now we have the mouth of that Bollinger Band open. What do I look at? So what I want to do is I want to take you to a trade that I did, and I talked about this yesterday on Twitter. I put a tweet out about this. It was funny because I hadn't been short in a while, and I was waiting for <laughs> a short to finally come in. And I actually, the night before, I was talking about how um, you know, the market um, direction. I was agreeing with Jimmy Jude and just a couple of other people and saying how I think that the short-term trend is still going to be bearish. And you're just waiting for your short. And I, said, I put a tweet out and I said, you know what? It's funny. You wait all day for a short. You finally get one. And the thing just was grinding against me the whole time that I got in. And I want to do a little play-by-play -play what I did and understand how you take a current, you know, how I use the Bollinger Bands and put that into current markets and how I actively use this as my trade. So actually, let, let me, so I just showed you on the daily. So you see the daily, his mouth is opening. Everything is looking bearish. So instead of me trading on the daily, which I don't, I'll go to a 30-minute, 60-minute, or 5-minute. The busier it gets, I like to go to a little bit shorter term because it's easier for me to manage risk. Here's a 5-minute chart of yesterday. Let's take a look at what happened here. Opened up, rallied, right? Here's what I'm waiting for now. Only thing I'm waiting for, okay, when I look at the market and when I know that I want to be short. This is the other one thing about Bollinger Bands is I like them because I go into the day, I know exactly what side I'm looking for. It can't really change much intraday. I mean, unless we were to get a huge range and get to maybe one of my daily supports, which then maybe I look at support on my uh, shorter term charts, I'm only looking at one direction. And that direction right now is short. So it allows me to be patient. What did I say earlier on too? One of my strengths is I love to be in the market. I love the press. One of my weaknesses is I love the press and I love to be in the market. So you need to figure out how to harness that energy. And when something happens that you want to see, you can actively go after it. And that's exactly what happened yesterday. And it was a very clean setup. And what I look for is this. When the Bollinger Bands are going up, and I left it on the 10 period MA on the five minute, same Bollinger Bands, same indicator. I carry everything from the daily charts all the way down. I don't change it. Market's grinding up on the open. We go, we start to get below. We start, to, the Bollinger Bands are going up. That mouth is opening. I can't be short. What do I say? When we're hugging up above a moving average, I don't care which one you use. I like to use the 10, 10 day and the 10 period in, the, uh, in my five minute, 30 and 60 minute. 
I look at that and say it's above it. Mouth's open. Can't do anything. Look what happened here. Bollinger Band start to come back in. Now what am I seeing? Okay, now I've got my short. Because what? We're boxed in. We're finally boxed in. And on my daily is bearish. Right? My daily is bearish. So now you see the market start to come back down. And what happens? It gets below the 10 period MA right here, which is at 43.50 is was my is my 70% or 30% line. It's the same if you flip it on your FIB. doesn't matter. Right there. So I start to dip in short. Where's my stop? What do I always say? Where am I wrong before I get in? I'm going to be executing around the 43.50 level. I'm looking at my range of execution at the time. Was just right in here and saying, look at anything around 43.50, I'm going to accumulate short and my stop is going to be 43.70. Well, why 43.70? Well, because my target's 43.30 and then my other target's 43.09. So I looked at it and I said, in order for me to be able to trade my position in here and know uh, how many contracts I want to uh, be able to accumulate, I got to have a stop that's relatively equal to or close to where I'm going to be executing for my first target. My first target is always going to be yellow or orange. Uh, and then my final target will be down to 4309, which will be my blue. So like I said, I'm not using the resistance and support levels on the daily for execution. I'm using here on the five minute. So yellow is no matter what happens to me, if we go near yellow, 50% off my position. Because what did I show you in that example a little bit before? If it holds the 50% and starts to go back up, it could mean that the trend is still in place. And that goes the same thing for my shorter term chart. So I have to respect that. And especially when we get into overnight positions, it's like, boy, you know, like yesterday, this spilled into overnight, took off a vast majority of my position. And I'm going to go over a little bit more about what I did and why I did, why I did it. Um, because we're getting into the overnight action and I want to be able to, to um, wait to see how the market reacts to my levels. Um, and woke up this morning to see that it was lower, which is obviously I'm, I was happy to see that. And when I look at this area, this area is my range of execution. This is something else I also think is very important. I have my environment from the daily. Now I go to my five minute. I've got my range of execution. I know what side I'm, I want to be in. I know where I want my stop. I know where my targets are. But I am not 100% convinced exactly where I'm going to get in. So what I started to do was dip my toe into the water a little bit around here. Then I saw, if you remember, right around here, we double topped, started to get back in more aggressively when it got back below 43.50. And that's when I tweeted out and said, boy, I love getting into a position that's just grinding against me. Started getting above the previous highs. That's why I don't put stops above previous highs or lows. I like to use where is the distance from my target, my first target or my ultimate targets. And that's where I determine my stop. Very uncomfortable there, holding above the 10-day moving or 10 period moving average really sucked. <laughs> um, eventually started to come back down towards the close, trimmed off a bunch of my position because we're heading into overnight. And of course, overnight, like I said, we started to come down. But this is, I think this is the art where it comes into the art of trading, where you look at things and you say to yourself, I have my bigger picture uh, idea, bigger picture charts. I get to the short term. I've got my signal, my setup. Everybody gets so focused on, well, what's your entry, Anthony? Where is it? Well, I don't know exactly where I'm going to get in. When I saw the double top, I saw it come off. I didn't know it was a double top. I mean, obviously the time I saw it. And when it started to come down, I didn't sell them for you know points lower because I'm like, okay, is it going to hold? Is it starting to break down? It got back down below the moving averages. I basically sold them near the lower ticks. 
of that move and it grinded back up again. And I like to, you know, unfortunately for me at that point, I was getting into a full position and because I'm like, well, maybe it's a double top now and I start to come back down. But I don't get into a full position prior to that. I wait until the market gets near my area and I like to react as we see it. I know how far the distance from my stop is going to be right around 43.70, right? That's where I'm going to put my stop and I start to like to accumulate. This is one of the beautiful things I think about the micros is because the micros will allow you. I'm not using them for E-mini S&P. I'm using them more for NASDAQ. I'll go to that in a little bit here. But I like the ability to accumulate, especially when you get in a volatile environment. People think that just because the micros are a smaller contract that you are, yeah, you're trading small per smaller per contract, but it gives you the ability, I think, and I've actually been building bigger positions in NASDAQ using micros than I was with the bigs because I'm able to scale. You know, with the bigger NASDAQ, it was much harder for me to scale. You miss it by a couple of ticks, next thing you know, things move 25 handles in a second. You know, with the micros, I'm a little bit more free with my execution. So the S&P here, I like to have that range of execution. And the Bollinger Bands, this is something that I really want to talk even like in another level. Remember how I said you got to get better at executing them? When you look at where the Bollinger Bands were, okay, they, these peaks, even when we made a higher high, this is an important point here. And as much as I did not like seeing the market make a higher high here, okay, the top Bollinger Band did not take out the previous peak. Right? That's important to me because we're staying in boxed in. So we're staying within that previous Bollinger Band. So I, in my mind, we're still going back down to test that yellow. Why? Because I've got confirmation on the daily. Right? Giving me confirmation to stay with that position. I'm going to switch over and do a couple more markets now. I want you to think about some markets that you want to trade. And you hear me talk about range of execution and all these different things. An important thing to know is I have an ebook out and I'm going to put this here in the in the in the link right now. Think about what markets you want me to go over. I'm going to go over Nasdaq for sure. And I want you to download this ebook. It's free. I put the link there in YouTube. That explains a lot of just like my trading process um on, on how I go about execution because it's not just about strategy. I have rules for the strategy, but I think it's important to have instincts while your execution. Think about some markets that you want me to do uh, with the Bollinger Bands, and I'm going to do that next. Replace your exchange with TradeStation Crypto. Dealing with multiple exchanges is complicated, and it takes time, except with TradeStation Crypto. Because we are not an exchange. We are a broker. You have access to multiple pools of liquidity, all in one platform, in one account, one way. Trade crypto your way. Plus, earn interest on your eligible cryptocurrencies. Get started in one click. Trade the global markets with trading technologies. TT is the world's fastest commercially available futures trading platform. Now with integrated tools for advanced options trading, cryptocurrencies, and trade surveillance. Learn more at tradingtechnologies.com. Okay, here we are with the NASDAQ. Micro crude oil is another uh, market that people are putting in there. Like I said, I'm going to do live Q&A now. Uh, so put your questions in there. Put some some markets you want me to put up uh, in there, and I, and I will go over this. And I think it's important. You know, I'm not somebody who you'll see actively do 
analysis for other traders because I think you have to do your own analysis. So I don't put charts out, but I wanted to show you guys today the context of my thinking and everything behind it. I think it's extremely important. And I'm going to go to some of the, your markets. This way you can see through my eyes how I would look at it and maybe it helps you building your strategy. Remember, you got to build your own book. I can't say this enough. I mean, there are several people I love watching their technicals. I've had them on the show. There's so many that I really like uh, their work. And I take some of their work and I put it into my own playbook and say, how can I get better? I've talked about this a lot. And I think that's so important for me with you guys as well. As much as I want to look at these markets and tell you what I think about them, it still comes down to the way that you see your strategy and the way you're looking at markets. So let's start off with, I want to go to the NASDAQ. And why I want to go to the NASDAQ is because this is a big reason why I have been actively you know, with the S&P you know, bearish and short and, and really because actually, let me change this right here. Um, so this is just a 10 day simple moving average here on the daily in the NASDAQ. Let's move this down here, get it a little bit bigger. There we go. So what do you see here? Boy, this looks so much like the S and P doesn't it? And this is so important to me as an S and P trader. I'm not trading the NASDAQ right now because I, when the S and P is good, I think it's the best market to trade when you're looking to trade it in the, uh, the indices. But a lot of times, most of the time this year, I've been trading the NASDAQ. And Chris is asking me what my Bollinger Band settings are. 20 period, three standard deviation. You can download my template for free. I put the links in the YouTube chat, TradeStation and TradingView. It's free, open source. So that's all there. When you look at the NASDAQ right here, it looks so much like the S&P. And it hasn't looked like the S&P in some time. But when the NASDAQ and the S&P work together, you know, that is when you get the best moves. I mean, if you've been around and you've traded markets for a while, you know that when the S&P has divergence from the NASDAQ or the day you see the NASDAQ up 150, S&P up five, Dow down 300, Russell down two, those days are tougher. I don't care who you are, they're tougher. Um, maybe for you super short-term scalpers, maybe they're not, but... Ultimately, to, for me, the way that I approach trading, they're tougher because when they're working together, that gives me that, you know, let's go after it, right? So I have, I am not scared at all right now about selling rallies in S&P because the NASDAQ is supporting my thinking. The charts look almost identical and I could be wrong and that's part of this business, right? And if the look changes, I'll change, but right now it's not. So I feel confident in my thinking, right or wrong, doesn't matter. I mean, nobody wants to lose money, but like yesterday I waited all afternoon for that. It was the most uncomfortable thing. I'm looking at this going, you know, this is driving me crazy. I don't even want to be in this. I, I don't even really like being short the indices that much anymore. To be quite honest with you, I used to love it. I, I, I don't like it as much now. And it's even why, you know, psychologically uh, I've been beaten down. They've beaten me. <laughs> and, you know, when we got near my neutral yesterday near the close, I took off a vast majority of that position because I'm just like, man, I, I don't even, the look is good. I was aggressive on entry. I was also aggressive on the first exit, left a small trailer just to see if it would work out. But it also fed my confidence to where we are now. And I look at it again this morning. I'm like, okay, what, what am I looking for? No setups for me today. You know, um, the NASDAQ looks just like the S&P. Let's go to the NASDAQ. And you look at the five-minute chart. As you can see when I'm pulling this up, there's just nothing there. We're in, we're all boxed in these old Bollinger Bands from where over here, that short, which I wasn't able to get. So I go back to where I see it in the daily. And yeah, I could probably, 
you know, sometimes I'll take my fib tool and I'll play with it a little bit and I'll be like, okay, from this peak to here, where are we? And I'll look to see where we are at the 10 day. We're right at the neutral right now from where I draw it. I mean, this is what's cool about this indicator that I, uh, I created is that, you know, allows me to continue to challenge myself, look at different peaks. Maybe I'll anchor it from this peak to that peak and I can pull my fib tool out and I can look to see what the environment is. And at least I have something behind a trade. I'm not just going out there just trading. I have to still have proof as you can see here, but, but then it's a tougher trade right now. Um, I need to see the looks that I have uh, put in place prior to the day for it to happen. But the NASDAQ's bearish. This is what I'd be looking at. I just wanted to start with the NASDAQ because I think that it's just so important to have that confirmation from that other market, which really gives me the confidence in any other market that I'm trading. Also, um, that, has, that is a correlation. Let's pull up the Russell now. Here's a Russell on the daily. And you've heard me talk about this in Develop Your Edge a little bit. I mean, Russell on the daily, it's just nothing. It's not going against me what I'm seeing in the S&P because it's below the 10-day moving average, really below all their moving averages. Well, it's just because it's been range-bound. But if the Russell starts to push down below and this bottom Bollinger Band starts to open up and I see Russell, NASDAQ, S&P, that's just more reasons for me to want to be short uh, the indices. And maybe if I start to see the Russell push back above these moving averages and stay in this range, then maybe it would tell me to trade a little bit sh smaller on the short side. You know, I think that's, you know, that's part of, of trading, right? We have to constantly be looking at you know what's happening in the markets uh, and, and adapt to it. So some of the markets you guys want to pull up, actually, I'm going to go to micro crude oil first, because what's interesting on crude is crude has got, so let's look here. And I've been waiting. I have actually been waiting to see if I can get some longs. Actually, let me, let me see if CL gives me a better look. Yeah, it does. I know that you're talking about micros, but I'm going to the CL chart because I think it's a better look. So this is a look that personally I, I wish I would have taken when I saw it and I did see it, um, but I didn't. And I've just really looked back and it said it just worked extremely well. And what have I said? I said when the Bollinger Bands start to come back in right here. So let's just look at this as a giant peak right here. And this peak comes down here. And the crude oil started to come back up, get back above the 10-day moving average that got in bull mode. And it held above its neutral right here and just this massive grind up. And what's interesting about crude oil right now is it's above this previous peak here where that was made, the, the top Bollinger. So what's happening is crude oil to me is what I consider in breakout mode. It's just going to continue to grind until, it, until these Bollinger bands start to come back in and make these peaks and what it does. It might set up a short, but you have to be, I am in no hurry to look at any shorts in crude oil right now. It is as bullish of a look as I will find on any charts that I see. It's above moving averages, holding above the top, um, holding near the top Bollinger Band. And the top Bollinger Band is above that previous peak. I use the Bollinger Bands as a metric, unlike, you know, of, yeah, I see prices breaking out too, obviously, right? But I like to see price breaking out along with Bollinger Bands breaking out. That is confidence that we're just in breakout mode. Like you just, you can't even look at shorts as far as I'm concerned. And I see them. You know, as we're, as we're breaking right now in crude oil, doesn't matter to me. The only look I would look for today would be a long. So let's see. Then you go to your five minute, right? So crude oil, this is where you go. I don't know if there was any time frame that CC wanted on the crude oil, but I just go to a five minute because it's pretty busy. You know, you can go to a 30 minute too or whatever time frame you're comfortable with. Then you go over here and you see what happened this morning. What happened in crude oil? 
right? Broke, bottom Bollinger came in, top Bollinger came in, held above this light blue area right here. So the look would be basically long around my what my range of execution, 77.34. We're below it right now. What would be the stop? Because the first target was 77.68, which it already hit. Um, so you're looking at it's really that's kind of tight. So 34 cents. So 77 bucks even really would be my stop here, right? Um, but we failed at the yellow to come back down. This is where when this something like this happens, so this is actually pretty interesting to talk about. When we get really close to a stop, and I think that a market's in breakout mode, to me, even though we're failing at the five-minute neutral there, and I feel like you, if you were actively trading crude, you'd have a portion of your position off already. This is an area where when it gets near that $77 stop area, I like to really look to trade close to my stops with some size because I know where I'm wrong right away. So I think that in a market that's breaking out like crude oil, to me, I watch them trade around that 77 and maybe it flushes them out. I'll trade some size right in front of it, gets below it, dump them, wait to see what happens. Now, all of a sudden that bottom Bollinger band will come in. It's actually a great, great uh, little um, look to talk about here. I'll go to even like a three minute. Yeah. So this is interesting here. So on the three minute, I'll go and I'll look and I'll say, okay, look it. We're down below that peak. Remember when I said we get below the peaks? I like to look at price breaking out along with Bollinger Bands. We're below that peak that created these lines. Everyone follow along with me here. If this, The fact is this might start to turn back up at some point. So now I might start getting active and waiting for some levels to draw here on the three minute. And that's where I'd step in. So on crude right now, five minute isn't the greatest look. I'd probably be going even shorter term. And every time we got a new blue on my chart, I'd be stepping in, buying it with size, selling most off at yellow and wait. Now it's an intraday trend day down, but it doesn't matter. For me, these are the opportunities you get. And if all of a sudden you get a runner and it explodes near the close, then that's when I would try and keep that as long as I could until a Bollinger Band on, on the five minute gave me a sell signal or a three minute, whatever you're looking at. This is a great look because look at, I come into the day knowing direction. That's it. My shorter term stuff now tells me how I'm going to go about executing it, period. I like this, this CL look is interesting here because to me, everything I see on my stuff, you want to be trying to buy this these dips here. I mean, that's just what I see. I'm not doing it, not recommending it, but from what I see on my charts, that's what I like. Let's go to ZB. People want to see the bonds. Somebody wants to see DAX. I, you know, I don't know if I have the DAX on trading view. I have to double check to make sure I have that on here. Um, I haven't looked at the DAX in a while anyway. I actually like to see it. Here we are with the daily and the bonds. And, you know, in, in the bond market, you're seeing a lower move in the market. And this, actually, this is why I've been using the micro yields lately. So who asked me about this? Bolt up. UB, are you looking at the yields? Are you looking at the 30Y at all? Have you been looking at the micro treasury yields? I'm curious if you have. Um, because to me, I think that that is, it's a new product. I haven't traded it yet, but I'm looking at them a lot. And I'm just curious how much you're noticing between the 30 year and potentially the, uh, the 30Y. Uh, that is, I got that symbol up. I'll actually pull that up in a second. So you look at the 30 year bond, bearish. Look at the daily. Problem with the bond market is on this indicator, and I'll be the first to tell you, bonds, it's not as effective. 
you need volatility. Now, I know the bonds are can be pretty volatile. But when we get boxed in after a volatile move using Bollinger Bands, it could stay there for months. As you can see here, when I look at this, it's the Bollinger Bands aren't clean. It's just very choppy. Uh, overall, when I look at it, obviously, we're below a moving average, right? Let's talk about the basics. And we're hugging the bottom Bollinger Band going down. That, to me, is bearish, which is ultimately why I've talked about you know looking at the 30Y. So if you look at the 30Y, you look at the yields, um, you see how we're going up, hugging the top Bollinger Band, hugging above that Bollinger Band. That's confirmation also for the 30-year. To me, this is also an indication why I think this is could be trouble for equities, right? I mean, <laughs> let's face it. I mean, just layering confirmations here. But that's what I see here in the 30-year. And, and I recommend everybody. I mean, I tell you what, I've been looking at these yields lately. Like I look at the 10-year yield. This is a market I wanted to pull up. Just you could, It's just so much easier to see what the yields are in the futures. And you look at it and I think it's just a good tool to have. I'm so glad that we have this now for futures to where before I used to have to look at cash or see what the yield is. You could see the 10-year yield futures is at 1.52. Um, I just like them. I like this product. I haven't traded them yet, uh, but I, I, I like looking at this product and I think eventually it'll, it'll be a good trade. Live cattle. Gosh, I haven't looked at live cattle in a long time. I know it's LC. So it should be LC live cattle. Let's see what? Oh, I got, I got it on crypto. I'm pulling up a lot of crypto stuff lately. LC. There they are. Oh, it's LE. Why, why was I thinking it was LC? Oh, it is LC. But it has an LE on trading view. Whatever. Um, Oct is at the front. Interesting. Just got a just got a got a long setup. It's 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 on a buy. To me, kettles it along. Let's go over the whole basics here. I, this is a very interesting look. Um, Bollinger bands were going up, coming back down, hugging the bottom Bollinger band, started to come back in, back above blue, back above the 10-day moving average, bullish. Targets 126 and a quarter. UZ. So you want me to go to these? So let's go to LC. Z. I bet you it's going to look the same. Very similar. Target's going to be 130, now. Same look, though. So you see, this is good to look at here, too. If you see this start to happen, I start to see this happen at NASDAQ or S&P. Oh, I flip bullish real quick. Real quick. And probably pretty aggressive. This is where I would almost be long across the board, the indices. And I'd also be looking at um, what I options. Because I have not seen almost... There's been so few occasions where I've had a pullback juicy enough using the Bollinger Bands to get along in NASDAQ or S&P. The rest of the time, it's just like choppy longs along the way up. Difficult, you know? I mean, compared to last year, I find this year to be much more challenging for the indices. Uh, the grind's up. I'm not getting butchered by being short, but the, I think the look trading long has been tough, you know? I mean, it, there's no doubt about it. So when you look at this, you start to see this happen here. 10-day moving average right on blue. It starts to hold above it. You know, I like that look. I got to look at DAX now. There it is. So it should be. There we go. Yep. I don't have that up in my um, my watch list. I'll keep it though. I'll edit. Uh, let's see DAX on the daily. That's nothing. Really nothing. Let's see on the weekly. 
Weekly, a little bearish. I mean, somewhat similar to what you're seeing, obviously, in U.S. equities, but nothing crazy. I mean, the DAX to me is just, I, I have no, no read on what you're seeing here because you look at this move down here, that was the buy to me. Like you, it's in a long and got above neutral, got to reds, didn't violate the previous top. To me, I feel like DAX is just big time boxed in here. I mean, you could see a decent sell-off that ultimately still means bullish. But when I look at the way the Bollinger Bands are, just trending within a previous Bollinger Band peak, that's very interesting to me. Um, because it's just, it's a grind to sideways market. Uh, it's, it's a tough read. That's all I could say. That's a tough read. Um, you know, I'm going to go to ETH now because ETH is a market I've been pretty actively trading, uh, with actually I'm going to move the watch list so the chart gets a little bit bigger. Let's go to ETH. Crypto. Actually, is this the perpetual futures? Yeah, I got to change that. So this was, I've talked so much about ETH over the past couple of years. What's interesting about ETH is that ETH, this is another reason why I love the Bollinger Bands. Okay. We look at the previous high in ETH, right? We did not make a higher high, but what happened in the Bollinger Band? It made a higher high and it started to come back in. And what did we do? We went and test yell. And I talked about this with a lot of people. It held the neutral. Big love, Amar, uh, from here in America. Thanks for tuning in. He said, "Big Anthony, big love from, from India. Um, so the neutral, to me, it held 2,800. ETH starts to push back up. and I mean, I, to me, it looks like ETH's going to make a new high. I'm talking my book now. I'm long ETH. It remains my biggest really trading position, <laughs> to be honest with you. Uh, ETH is something I continue to look to buy pullbacks. And, and look at what we see here. Talk about environment. This is exactly what I'm talking about, right? Keeps holding yellows. When it keeps holding neutrals, this is a good way to gauge trend. Bollinger Bands teach me environment, right? They tell me what the environment is. I'm able to take the same look to the short term and execute using a strategy, thinking outside the box, creating an indicator that fits my eye, using moving averages, VWAP, other tools, to help me execute my trades. But it all starts in the premise on what is the environment on a daily. Bollinger Band settings are 20 period, three standard deviation. That's what they are. Indicators are free. You could see uh, in the chat what they are. So E is asking me on the daily time frame on S&P, at what price level would you say we stop being bearish and start turning neutral when the daily closes above 50% neutral? So let's go back, E. I like this question because it's very similar to what we saw in live cattle. So let me just go back to um, yes futures. Okay, that's weekly. Let me tailor. Make it bigger. Nope, I don't want to do that. Okay. What makes me bullish the S&P? What would change? That look I talked about in what you saw in live cattle. You can pull up a live cattle chart on the DEES. How that looks is how I would look to start getting bullish S&P. And I said that this would be an aggressive play for me. Top Bollinger Band's already coming in. See, the most bearish looks are when that mouth of that Bollinger Band is open on both sides 
and we're hugging one direction. This is bearish, and who knows how long it'll last and how far it will go. I wish I knew. So intraday for me, this is like sell the rallies, wait for your setups. You can be aggressive. You've got support from the NASDAQ. You're seeing some things in the bonds uh, that also are confirmation for you. Can look to continue to sell rallies. But am I overly aggressive to the downside to see how far it could go? If the mouth was open, yes. But the mouth of the Bollinger Band, the top is closed, and it's kind of just like a bottom draw mouth opening, right? So once this bottom Bollinger Band starts to come back in here like this, you're going to see, right? You're going to see, just like my fib would draw, let's just say that that's the case, you know, it would be something like that. And then there would, there would be your blue line. And it, once it starts to hold above that measly 10-day moving average, I'm bullish. Then I go to my short-term charts and I start taking, I start buying them. The only time you use the yellow, the neutral, that 50% between the peaks is if we're already boxed in. For example, look at these areas here. I know I got the wrong tool up. You go to these areas here, right? We're not seeing that just yet right here as well. Am I making sense? Does that help you, E? So that's what I'm looking at, everybody. I mean, I hope I made this clear for you. You know my DMs are open at Anthony Crudelli. And you know you could send me an email at Anthony at Crudelli Productions. You could hit me up on Instagram at Anthony C. Crudelli. It's a good time for me to say, look, at I, I get so many of these fakes and so many people are sending me messages. I appreciate all of you guys reporting back on these fakes out there. I'd never sell you guys anything, <laughs> right? I'm not, I'm not trying to get Bitcoin from anybody. It just drives me crazy that there's these fakes. They have nothing but time to do this stuff. Those are my handles. If it's not my handle, it's not me. Anthony Crudelli on Twitter, Anthony C. Crudelli on Instagram. And this is how I use Bollinger Bands, everybody. You know, this is how I use Bollinger Bands. And, you know, I just want to say, tune in to Develop Your Edge this weekend. I give a really detailed example of how I'm using all the indices right now. I think the indices are critical moments here. I've talked to you about that and just how you use multiple markets. And you saw how I used it a lot in today's show. Uh, and then next week on Futures Radio Show, I'm going to talk a lot about trading rules versus trading instincts. Just to follow up with this, because I think it's so important. Make sure you're subscribed to the YouTube channel. Uh, so you don't miss an episode of Futures Radio Show or Develop Your Edge. Got some really cool new stuff coming up too as well uh, in the coming months. So make sure you hit that like button if you enjoyed today's show. If you didn't, give me the thumbs down and tell me why in the comments down below. So that does it for me, everybody, this week. Once again, I can't thank you guys all enough. Showing me love and support coming in and tuning into these live streams. It's been such a blast doing it. I will see you guys next week. See you. Thank you for listening to Futures Radio Show. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a five-star review on iTunes. Never miss an episode. Go to anthonycrudelli.com and get on our email list for show notifications and for free content that is exclusively for subscribers. Also on anthonycrudelli.com, you will find tons of videos and education on trading futures, options, and crypto. Past performance is not indicative of future results. Opinions expressed are solely my own and my guests, and they do not express the views or opinions of my sponsors. Future's radio show is produced by Crudelli Productions.